Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts. Join in on a great conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the latest tricks and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso and his co-host. Welcome to the Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso, and joining me today as my VP co-host is the international empowerment speaker, Cynthia Mazzaferro. That's the Italian way to say it. Cindy is a motivational empowerment speaker, international award winner, and a number one best-selling author. She's also an energy, medical, Reiki master, and powerful beyond measure life coach. And you can find out more about Cindy at CynthiaMazzaferro.com. That's M-A-Z-Z-A-F-E-R-R-O.com. CynthiaMazzaferro.com. All right. Hello, Cindy. How are you today? I'm very well, Tony. How are you? I'm great. And I just want to say I am so glad to have you once again on the spotlight as my co-host. This is really good. And I thank you so much in advance for a great interview we're going to, you're going to help me share with today. I'm excited. You always have fabulous guests and we are in for a treat today. Let me tell you. All right, great. And for our audience, you're listening to the spotlight where we focus on highlighting Hollywood stars, sports greats, and game changers. If you're a fit, we want your interview on the spotlight and we broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m. So please set your calendar to hear from the world's elite. And you can catch every episode of the spotlight on my mobile app. Just go to Tony, dot slash mobile from your smart device or cell phone. And once it loads, past episodes of the spotlight will automatically appear in column one and column two is my other weekly show highlighting elite entrepreneurs called Revenue Chat. All right. Today, we set the stage for the spotlight to chat with leading technology forecaster, Daniel Burris. And for the audience, Daniel Burris, well, he's considered one of the world's leading technology forecasters and innovation experts. He's the CEO of Burris Research. That's B-U-R-R-U-S. And that is a research and consulting firm that monitors global advances in technology-driven trends to help clients profit from technological, social, and business forces that are converging to create enormous untapped opportunities. Daniel is the author of seven books, including the New York Times bestseller, Flash Foresight, and his latest book, The Anticipatory Organization. I am so excited to jump in this. All right, here we go. We have Daniel on the air. Welcome to the spotlight, Daniel. Hey, thank you so much. Well, great. Daniel, it is our honor to have you, and I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the spotlight. This is very, very cool. Pleasure to be with you, and I, I, you know, and I was very impressed with uh, Cindy's background, too. Wow, this is, this is great. You both have great backgrounds, so this ought to be really fun. Well, thank you, Daniel. You honor us. And so let's just jump in here and let's find out more about you, please. I'd love to know first things first. Daniel, could you please tell us how it all started for you? Well, uh, it, it all started is a long way back, but uh, I started out actually teaching biology and physics. So I, uh, I actually, I've got a knack for teaching. You know, I think the two most important points in a person's life is the day you're born and the day you find out why you were born. And I'm really lucky long ago finding out that I was put on the planet to teach. And uh, that's why I don't just tell people about trends and give them, uh, you know, a idea here or there, but really help empower them to, uh, to be able to do it on their own. And that's uh, why I've written the books and so on. So I started out teaching biology and physics. I've started over the years six companies. Uh, five of them were national leaders in the United States in the uh, uh, first, actually four were national leaders in the first year, five were profitable in the first year. Not a lot of people can say that. Uh, one of them was in the aviation business. I had my own airplane design. I was a test pilot for that. Amazingly enough, I had 37 national locations in the first year. Uh, one of the last businesses I started was I, I created the first uh, mobile real estate apps. 
which uh, took six months to generate $1.1 million a month in recurring revenue with no employees and no money uh, invested in that business uh, just to show that it could be done. And I've since licensed that to uh, the big mobile app people uh, that are doing real estate apps today. So it's, uh, it's really about uh, thinking big and then realizing you just thought small, there's always a bigger big, so never do the big, always do the bigger big. It's about helping people to not just react and put out fires and crisis manage, but uh, it's really been about how to be an opportunity manager of your life and uh, how I think all of us can do far more than we ever thought in terms of actively shaping a better future for ourselves and for others. Wow, Daniel, your bio and your accomplishments are stellar and very, very impressive and so much to talk about. What I'd like to do perhaps is Let's just bring up, I want to talk about your, your latest book first, and then we'll just kind of roll wherever the interview goes. Your new book, The Anticipatory Organization, the tagline is Turn Disruption and Change into Opportunity and Advantage. Now, this book is about anyone who wants to master change and think like a game changer. Can you tell us more about this, please? Well, absolutely. You know, um, Companies uh, are really good at being lean. They're good at being agile as the best of the best know how to execute strategy. Uh, But by the way, Blockbuster, BlackBerry, HP, Sony, Dell, they were all good at that too and still had trouble. And that's why I wrote this book because there is a new competency to really thrive in this new world that we're living in. And that is not just reacting fast, agility, which is good, by the way. I want you to be agile. There's a lot of things you can't see up ahead. There's a lot of unknowns. But I would like you to get that other side of the coin, and that is how to anticipate problems before you have them so you can pre-solve them. Anticipate disruptions before they disrupt your career, disrupt your business, disrupt you and your world, so that disruptions becomes a choice, and you might even choose to be the disruptor yourself. And thirdly, how to see game-changing opportunities that uh, are right there in front of you, but they're currently invisible. So there's a methodology that I've come up with over the years that has proven itself. It works extremely well, and I put that together in this book for you. Wow, absolutely incredible. And I have so much I want to ask about this. But first, I love your new book. I think this title is absolutely fabulous, Daniel. And I, I love the subtitle, Turning Disruption and Change into Opportunity and Advantage. So my first question to you is, why do you feel people um, really struggle with um, advancing into opportunity and really taking advantage of their own personal uh, passions and purpose? And, you know, how, how do they, why are they still so stuck in that opportunity? So I think a really good way to answer that question is to share one of the concepts that's in the book, The Anticipatory Organization, and that is future view. You see, how you, how your kids, uh, how your employees, how people view the future uh, shapes how they act in the present. I mean, right now there are people that are buying Apple stock. There, By the way, there's also people that are selling Apple stock. The difference, how they the future view of Apple that they might have. There are people that work for you right now that are really good employees and maybe may be thinking of leaving because their future view of staying is not that good. There may be kids that are right now going to college and other kids are thinking of going to drugs because of their future view. You see, how you view the future shapes how you act today and how you act today will indeed shape your future. In other words, your future view will determine the future you. And I believe that our future views are all based on yesterday thinking, a rear view mirror view of the future, not a windshield view, because the world is creating so much change and opportunity for us, but it's fogged in right now. The opportunity is like a mountain. It's solid as a mountain is, and it's steep with opportunity, but it's fogged in by the news. And, the, and that's because bad news sells, good news doesn't sell. And if there's no bad news, they'll give you the anniversary of bad news. But, <laughs> but, uh, but really, when you blow away the fog, it is amazing the new opportunities that are there for us. So what I want to do is elevate our future views. Secondly, Cindy, to answer your question, um, it's dealing with change. 
Most people think nobody likes change, which is ridiculous. Hey, humans are born loving change. Hey, babies cry until you change them. They, they prefer rapid change. Uh, why, why do we take vacations? We take vacations because we want to change. In other words, there's more than one kind of change. There's negative and positive. And the kind of change that people don't like is the kind of change that catches them by surprise, and they didn't like that one. In other words, uh, and, and they react to it. Uh, so when do people get burglar alarms? Well, after getting robbed. When do people start exercising? When the doctor says, you know, you're really overweight and huge, you got to get out of that chair and move around a little bit. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, gee, I never noticed. In other words, most of those problems are there for us to see. And we can pre-solve them or we continue to play them out. So what I want us to do is not just anticipate all those great opportunities and turn disruption into something positive, and, but also predict all those changes that you can see up ahead, the ones that are there for you. And reading the book, again, I think you'll be able to see those so that you can take action and shape a better future for yourself. Daniel, just to follow up, that's really awesome. And, and the work that I do so often, we're dealing with how people are viewing their past and they continue to live in their past. So I love how you talked about the future view and to not look in that rear view mirror, which often is the brain telling us all the times we failed. You know, it's that bad news concept. We keep hearing the bad news even from our own brain. And I think what you're saying is a really great way to energize looking into the future with the fabulous word that you've used in your title, which is anticipation. How do we really imagine and anticipate the success and this change that ultimately we have to own? So I, I think you're spot on, and I think it's a really dynamic way to approach creating this positive change in your life and what you desire in your life. Well, Cindy, you said something I want to tag on to because it's very powerful, and that is, Yes, we carry around a lot of baggage. And as a matter of fact, when it comes to uh, technology, there's something called legacy technology. That's all the old stuff. And it can slow companies down because they know they need the old stuff. They, they would like to have the new stuff, but all the old legacy stuff is what they have working. And they think legacy technology is the big issue. But you know what the bigger issue is? Legacy thinking. And I, hey, you can change how you think a lot better than you can change all your technology. And also one other little element on what you talked about, and that is you can't change the past. Now, you can learn from it. I like learning from the mistakes I've made in the past. I don't want to repeat them, but you can't change the past. The reason I'm excited about sharing this book with people is because you can change your future based on the actions you take today. That has not been written yet. Yes, exactly. Don't you agree, Tony? Very interesting. And it, it sounds like to me that people are used to perhaps or conditioned to operate, and we've mentioned this a little bit already in this interview, to be more reactionary. Doctor says you should lose some weight, so you go exercise. Something happens and now you've got your event. This is The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and Cynthia Mazzaferro joining me as co-host. Just ahead... We continue the chat with leading technology forecaster, Daniel Burris. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony. D-U-R-S-O.com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the vision map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony D-U-R-S-O.com slash vision. 
V-I-S-I-O-N. The Dream Business Community wants to help you with your career and business. Are you ready for accelerated success? Check it out. The Dream Business Community at Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com slash community. Are you the right fit? We're looking for a few good sponsors that are the right fit for our world-class brand, The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with Hollywood stars, sports greats, game changers? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at Tony D-U-R-S-O dot com and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at Tony D-U-R-S-O dot com. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on The Spotlight with international empowerment speaker Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Today's show is with leading technology forecaster Daniel Burris. Daniel is hailed as one of the world's leading futurists on global trends and innovations. The New York Times referred to him as one of the top three business gurus in the highest demand as a speaker. All right, and now back to the chat with Daniel. Let's talk about being anticipatory and perhaps maybe how to be anticipatory as opposed to being reactionary. Well, that's a great question, and I'm going to tie it to being a doctor right now. So when you, and let's say that you've got a, uh, a, what you think is maybe a sinus infection, a cold, you go in to see your doctor and a reactionary doctor, which is most of the doctors today, what they'll do is they'll do some tests on you and say, you know what, you have a bacterial infection, I'm going to give you some antibiotics and that ought to take care of you and you go home. That's a reactionary doctor. Uh, An anticipatory doctor, when you come in with that what you think is a sinus infection and a cold, uh, they'll say, you know, you've got a sinus infection. How often do you get them? And you might say, well, you know, I get about two a year. And they might say, well, that's not normal. Let's take a look and see why you're getting those sinus infections so we can solve that predictable future problem and keep you from getting them in the future. You see, what I want to do is I want to be able to predict problems and pre-solve them so I don't have them in the first place. That's part of being anticipatory. And I just gave you an example of how a doctor could do that. I actually have just done a survey of over a thousand CEOs around the world. This has taken about a year and a half to do. uh, And asking them, what is their organization's biggest problem? And after they told me what it was, I said, now, did that just come out of the blue? Or could you have seen that? a year or two ago and pre-solved it. And 93% of them have said, you know, we could have seen it ahead of time and pre-solved it. We just didn't have a way to look. But that's why I wrote this book. I want us to be able to see those problems and pre-solve them because, you know, for both of you and all of your listeners, change is going faster and faster. Technology is driving it at an exponential pace. And that means if all we do is wait to have the problem and then deal with it, no matter how agile and quick we might be. You know, we're not going to be happy campers on this planet Earth. We better start predicting them ahead of time, the ones we can clearly see, and pre-solve them if we want to be happy campers on this planet. Very good points. And you know, a lot of our audience are, of course, entrepreneurs, business owners, and so forth. But also, we have a lot of people listening that have a career, want to improve their career, or just are very interested in what the high-profile, best-selling authors, Hollywood stars have to say and and be motivated by that. So it's a wide, wide selection. But I'd like to see if there is a way for people, whether it's their relationship, their life, their business, their career, is there a way that they can identify and pre-solve a problem if there's a certain method or modus operandi for it so they can solve it or get a handle on it before it becomes something that is now requiring a reactionary event. 
Well, let me uh, let me get into how to do that because every listener, including you and I, uh, the three of us, uh, we've all said at some point, I knew that was going to happen, mm-hmm. but we didn't do anything about it because we weren't certain. You see, uh, a lot of people would say, I had that million dollar idea myself a couple of years ago, but of course they didn't do anything about it. And the reason they didn't, do, or I knew I should have bought uh, Apple computer when the uh, 10 years ago, or I should have bought Facebook when it went public. Darn it. But see, you can't change the past. So all they have is lament. But what I want us to do is to not have lament about all those things we could have or should have done, but rather look at with confidence at the future so that we can not only see the problems and have the confidence that, you know what, I am going to have that problem and pre-solve it, but also see the opportunity. And that is part of the Four sections of the book and the, that I have, it's a model to be anticipatory versus reactionary. So let me talk about that first section because that will answer your question and more so. And that is, section one is knowing what's next. Wouldn't you like to know what's next and, with, and have that confidence? So the way to do that is there's no shortage of trends out there. I mean, everybody's got lists of trends. Of course, the problem is, which ones are going to happen. And that's why a lot of people don't even pay attention to trends because how do you know what's going to happen? But based on 35 years of research, uh, what I've done is come up with a way to separate what I call the hard trends that are based on future facts, they will happen, from the soft trends that are based on assumptions that might happen. And when you can take any trend that you see and separate it into a future fact versus an assumption. It is extremely powerful in helping you to shape your future. Because let's stay on that hard trends for just a minute and future facts so that we can make this really solid for our listeners. And that is that, first of all, when you are certain about something, a future fact will give you certainty. You have the confidence to make a bold move. If you're, you can innovate with low risk, Why? Because you have certainty. If you have uncertainty, you don't have the confidence to make a bold move. You don't know what college class to take as a student. You don't know if you should leave your job and get that new job because you don't have confidence. You don't have certainty. And if you're an entrepreneur, there's high risk to uncertainty. So hard trends, let me give you, there are three categories of hard trends. Let me take a few minutes to explain that to our listeners so that we can really get good at this right now. And then uh, we'll open it up to a few more questions, if that's okay. Absolutely. And, Thank you very much for, for bringing this up. This is highly fascinating. I'm, I'm eating it all up. Please continue. All right. All right. So uh, there are only three categories. This is not that hard. One category is demographics. An example would be there's 78 million baby boomers right now in the United States and hard trend, certainty, they're going to get older. They're not going to get younger all of a sudden. They're going to continue to get older. And you know what? You can predict accurately a lot of problems as well as a lot of opportunities. Let's talk about a couple of problem slash opportunities. For example, there's a lot of people that love to go boating. They love to go fishing. And as they get older, it at some point, it gets kind of hard to launch the boat. It even gets hard to get in the boat. Maybe you have a mom or dad or grandpa or grandpa that are like that now. And here's what we could do with 78 million people getting older. Why don't you and I create the easy launch trailer for seniors? If we did that and did a good job of building it, guess what? We've got a growing, predictable marketplace every year. And uh, we even know which places to export it to and which ones not to. For example, Japan, aging population. That'd be a good place. I would love that. How about Istanbul? Average age is 28. I don't think I'm going to try to sell it there. In other words, wow, we've got low risk innovation. Uh, Let me give you one more quick one about something that doesn't exist. And that is how about we create a smartwatch for seniors? I'm talking real seniors, like 80 years old and older. You might say to yourself, I don't see them buying a smart watch. Well, you know what? I don't either. I think the people are going to buy a smart watch is you are going to be buying it for them. And why would you want to buy it for them? Well, all of the smart watches, as well as the smartphones, have a little teeny chip in it called an accelerometer, and it senses motion. 
So if your 90-year-old grandmother's watch rapidly moves four and a half feet, what happened to grandma? Well, she fell. Now, does grandma need her watch to tell her that she fell? No, she's on the floor. She fell. She knows she fell. Who needs to know she fell? You, if it's your grandmother. And let's say that grandpa likes to take some walks uh, outside, but he's getting a little bit of dementia, not Alzheimer's, but he's getting a little dementia, and he's having trouble remembering how to get home. How does he get home? Well, he just asks his watch. Hey, how do I get home? And it tells him. He doesn't have to use some menu and figure out how it works. He'd want to go up to the block and take a right. By the way, where is Grandpa? Well, look at your smartphone. You can see exactly where he is. He's a little green dot there on the map. In other words, wow, this could be amazing. And, uh, and there's far more to it. Now, I'm describing a watch that doesn't exist for seniors. Do you think that's not going to happen? Or do you think you're going to see smartwatches for seniors starting to happen. What do you two think? Absolutely brilliant idea. It's a no-brainer. Cindy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you answer that, please. Well, I think it's really wonderful. I mean, you know, I, I often think we've, here we've heard the word vision board. We've heard about visualization and how we can create this future, right? And really it comes down more to imagination. It's about imagining something that's not there or imagining um a value that you can bring to a certain demographic. I think that's a great example that you just, you know, um, shared with us. Um, fitting a need, filling a need for a particular group of people is really what what drives sales. Exactly right. We can't continue to provide the same product. We have to provide a different product that's going to bring increased value. So I think that was a great template to walk the listeners through in innovation, in um, creation, in imagination, um, you know, go back to all our inventors that actually created the light bulb or the, the first um, car that was on cylinders and not the steam. You know, all those things were imagined and envisioned and created for the benefit of um, civilization. Um, what I would love to bring up, and I know you're techni- technology-driven um basis here, but I would love to get your insight into what we always used to refer as the employer's greatest asset, and that's the employee. And I, um, being a self-help and motivational type speaker about positivity, I've always said that you can't take the personal um, employee, the personal aspect to the employee out of the employee. So what that means is that this employee comes into work and they're dealing with stress from home, whatever it might be, and possibly from the past or the present, and they're expected to be an asset to the company. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Just ahead, we're going to find out more from leading technology forecaster, Daniel Burris. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Are you the right fit? We're looking for a few good sponsors that are the right fit for our world-class brand. The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with Hollywood stars, sports greats, game changers? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at TonyDurso.com and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at TonyDurso.com. The Dream Business Community wants to help you with your career and business. Are you ready for accelerated success? Check it out. The Dream Business Community at TonyDurso.com slash community. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business... There are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. 
Get it free. The Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com slash vision. V-I-S-I-O-N. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight with international empowerment speaker Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Today's show is with. Leading technology forecaster, Daniel Burrus. Daniel delivered more than 2,800 keynote speeches worldwide and is a strategic advisor to executives from many Fortune 500 companies, helping them to develop game-changing strategies based on his proven methodologies for capitalizing on technology innovations and their future impact. All right, back to the chat with Daniel. What can you share about your breadth of knowledge working with companies, international companies all around the world, very well respected in future forecasting in companies when our greatest asset is still the human being, not just technology? Do you have any insight that you can share to our listeners who is the human force that still drives companies? Well, absolutely. As a matter of fact, that's why I call it the anticipatory organization, because an organization is made up of individuals. And uh, and it's uh, really always about your people. As a matter of fact, the only thing that I can't copy of any company, because I can copy any product you have, I can copy any service you have. The only thing I can't copy is your culture. And I think a lot of companies squander that culture. They don't really develop it and nurture it. And of course, we are talking about the individuals and the employees. And, uh, and we can do that by not just reacting to their issues and problems, but anticipating the kinds of problems that they might have and pre-solving them so that actually life is a lot easier on them as they go about their work and do what they do. Also, by empowering them. You know, I mentioned certainty and hard trends. One of the biggest certainties I'm going to share with you, my number one certainty, is that the future is all about relationships. In other words, it's not about technology, but relationships. And by the way, good relationships are based on trust. And how do you get trust? Well, you earn trust with honesty, integrity, and delivering on promises. So you never want to teach people to distrust you, yet it happens all the time because we're reactionary versus anticipatory. So let me share with you how this works with being anticipatory. Um, Right now, if I asked your listeners, do you have high trust in your cable television provider? They would probably say no. And uh, if you called your cell phone company right now and said you were going to switch to a different provider, uh, if you called your smartphone company, what would they do? Well, they'll give you a lower price. Does that make you trust them more? No, makes you wonder how long you've been getting ripped off. In other words, It isn't like these are evil companies. Here's what the real issue is, and that is, and how to be anticipatory. Everyone listening to this is going to be implementing a change in some way. Maybe it's a change if you are a manager or a leader, or maybe it's a change in your organization, or maybe it's a new product or service, or maybe it's a new change that you're implementing with your family. Before you implement any change, ask yourself, where is trust now? between me and the people who will be impacted by this change. And then ask yourself, if I implement the change in this way, what will happen to trust? And if your mind, trust will go down, don't implement it in that way. By the way, notice I didn't say end it with don't implement it. I said in that way. Change how you implement it so that trust will stay where it is. And if anybody can raise the bar on trust, reward them openly because you get the behaviors you reward. Now, that little part I just talked about is just one of many principles that are in the anticipatory organization because 
we do live in a human world. It is really all about people. And for both of you, I really only talked about uh, one of the three hard trend categories. Let me give you a couple of more, and then I think you'll have some more room to play And uh, with this. And that is, uh, let me give you one that'll surprise you. Hard trend category number two, government regulation. And I know a lot of people would say, whoa, I wouldn't think that would be one. But you know what? It actually, it definitely is. You see, in California, for example, in January, there were 1,000 new laws, a little over 1,000 that went into place in California in January. One of those laws said that within three years, all of the schools in the state of California, you got three years for every kindergarten and first grade, half of their reading material needs to be nonfiction. By the way, right now, all of their reading material is fiction. The little engine that could is fiction. So we got three years, half of it has to be nonfiction for those little kids. And when you hear things like that, most of us would say, well, that's stupid. Why did they do that? And you get all upset. That's what we do when most of us hear about a new law or regulation. But one of the principles I teach in the book is opposites work better. So do the opposite. Look for the opportunity. A 28-year-old teacher in San Diego saw that, looked for the opportunity, and she made three phone calls. She called the Los Angeles School District, the San Diego School District, and the San Francisco School District and said, hey, you've got three years to get half of your books for those little kids to be nonfiction. If I supplied those books, would you be interested? And they said, well, yeah, we didn't know how we were going to do that. To make a long story short, they underwrote her company and become became guaranteed customers, and she didn't have to go on Shark Tank. Why? Because mm-hmm. she was becoming anticipatory. The third category is technology. But I want to really point something out. You don't have to be a technologist to be able to creatively use technology. For example, I know people that can pick up a smartphone, make a phone call, and actually make a million dollars on that call. I know people that can pick up a smartphone, make a phone call, and lose a million dollars. By the way, (laughs) the difference is not the phone. It's what you did on that phone, what you said on that phone. So you see, it's not the tool, it's how you use it. Technology can give you cancer or it can cure your cancer. It's not the technology, it's how we humans use it. And that's another reason I wrote this book. I want us all with intent shaping a better future because hope is not a strategy. And if we want a more connected, a more human, a more enlightened future, sitting back and seeing if it's gonna happen, Well, I'm worried about you now. But if you and I and all of our listeners and everyone starts actively shaping that kind of better future, you know what? We're going to end up with that future because you're working at it. Absolutely amazing. Wow. I'm just really thinking about this. You're talking so much about a person becoming actually a disruptor instead of disrupted. And I have to tell you, unfortunately, and I'm embarrassed, but I'm going to tell you anyways, I was in that category. I had my own business and... Over a seven-year period, four times, literally four times, there was a major federal regulation that totally changed my business, and I had to scramble. And the last time it happened, I come into my office on a Monday morning, and a client that I'm making a million dollars a year in sales cancels. Why? Well, Long story short, there's a new federal regulation out and the attorneys realize they can't do business this way and I've got to rechange everything. I got so tired of this roller coaster, I eventually went into <laughs> podcasting and radio shows, which has turned out to be very successful and something I can control. So the way I look at it is, can I control this? No, I can't control if the, if the feds or government puts out a regulation that changes what I'm doing the way I'm doing. And if I can't adapt or change to it, well, what can I control? Now, that might be a little odd or, or not in, in terms of your book, but I would love to take that up as an opportunity because we have business owners up there. They feel they're going well and they will adapt to a change if it comes that changes their, their business model. How would you comment on that, please? Well, Tony, thank you for sharing that uh, because it's actually very helpful. Um, and that is, um, you know, like with regulations, First of all, when a law comes into place, it takes time for it to get implemented. 
and and often there's even money that would help you to implement it if you bother to look a little further and a little deeper. So we have time, but usually we don't look at the law when it first goes into place. What we do is we wait until our clients say we're leaving, and then we scramble, as you kind of ended up doing. But now that I'm teaching you this system, what People that are out there listening, as well as you, because who knows what other laws might come out that might affect even podcasting. What we do is when something happens, ask yourself, what are the future ramifications that are fully predictable, both positive and negative? Because remember, there's always two sides to every coin that I can clearly see. And what are the actions that I could take to turn this into something positive? One other thing, Tony, it may seem that you can't predict regulations and new ones, but actually it's amazing how much you can. You can't predict them all, but you can predict many. And I'm going to give you an example right now. For example, right now we've got an administration that doesn't even like regulation and is trying to deregulate, but does that mean we'll get no new regulations? Let me ask you this. Uh, Will we get more regulations for cybersecurity? What do you think? I think it's inevitable. Well, of course it is. Why? Because you see, there are some hard trends in place that we're going to have to address, even if you don't like regulations in the administration. In other words, I can't predict all of the new future regulations and and, uh, all of that, but that doesn't empower me. The things I don't know, the things I can't see don't empower me. What gives me empowerment and gives you empowerment is what you can be certain about. And there are so many ways you could predict regulations that haven't come out yet that will and get a head start on that. It's amazing. I gave you one example. Again, there are many in the book so that you can actually bring that to life. See, I don't want a crisis managing so much. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you a strategy, and not just you, but all of our listeners, a real powerful strategy right now because, you know, this stuff works and that's why I'm excited to share it with you today. I would like you to take one hour a week. And by the way, one hour a week is doable. And I'd like you to stop being a crisis manager, putting out fires and dealing with the issues of the day. Instead, I'd like you to become an opportunity manager of your life and of your business and of all the people that you have uh, influence with. And in that hour, instead of looking at all the things you're uncertain about, why don't you look at the things you can be certain about, the hard trends that are shaping the future? And what you'll see is amazing opportunities. And I would like you to pick one opportunity, because big lists never get done, and make it happen. And you'll be amazed at how that one hour can actually work out. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and Cynthia Mazzaferro. As co-host, just ahead, Daniel shares more insights and his contact info. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony. D-U-R-S-O dot com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the vision map. Beat the odds for business success at Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com slash vision. V-I-S-I-O-N. The Dream Business Community wants to help you with your career and business. Are you ready for accelerated success? Check it out. The Dream Business Community at TonyDurso.com slash community. Are you the right fit? 
We're looking for a few good sponsors that are the right fit for our world-class brand. The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with Hollywood stars, sports greats, game changers? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at TonyDurso.com and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at TonyDurso.com. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on The Spotlight with international empowerment speaker Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Today's show is with leading technology forecaster Daniel Burris. Daniel is a thought leader and contributing writer on the topics of innovation, change, and the future for Harvard Business Review, LinkedIn, Huffington Post, Wired Magazine, and Examiner.com, to name a few. Also, he started six businesses, four of which were national leaders in their first year. All right, and now, back to the chat. And you know, I I'm believe in this book so much. I'm doing something for your listeners that I don't know if you've ever had an author ever do before, but I'm going to do it right now because you could go to Amazon.com and buy the anticipatory organization. But here's what I'm going to do. If you go to theaobook.com, I'm going to give you free a hardcover copy of that book. And I don't care how many listeners you've got, if they all want to do it, because I'm actually losing money on every book. But you know what? I'm not losing money because I think you're going to like that book so much. You're going to tell friends about it and I'll end up even selling more books. So you know what? You can get it for free. I just took away the barrier of cost FedEx of delivered to you before the week's out. Hey, that's not a bad deal. Theaobook.com. I'm just, as an author, putting my money where my mouth is. I believe in it so much. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give it to you. That's pretty unbelievable, isn't that, Tony? I am really very, that's very generous of you. And I'll tell you, I'm anticipating actually reading it and getting it. I'm going to be the first one as soon as we get off this call to, <laughs> to go to that site and um, to take advantage. Thank you so much for offering that. Well, thank you. You know, I actually was using one of the principles in the book, uh, and uh, and because there's more than just hard trends and soft trends, I've got 25 strategies. Now it sounds like a big list, but I, instead of giving you one thing and hoping you do it, I'm giving you 25 that are so powerful and so compelling. All you got to do is pick one or two, and you'll be doing really good. One of those strategies is take your biggest problem and skip it. And by the way, I just did a skip it. Because your biggest problem might be, I don't know if I want to buy that book. Well, you know what? I just skipped it for you. <laughs> I didn't have to. And, uh, but you see, uh, the big problems that all of our listeners have right now, because we all have problems, here's an insight I want to give you. Whatever problem you've got, that's not it. Hey, you're smart. You would have solved it by now. The reason you're struggling with it is it's not defined well. In the book, I talk about how to peel the onion back to get down to what the real problem is, the core of that problem. And by the way, once you know what the real problem is, actually you'll be surprised at how easy it is to solve. And that's just one of 25 principles that I show you how to do that in the book. Daniel, on behalf of all of the Spotlight audience, thank you so much. I've never had an author give away a hardback book before. That's quite something. And I encourage everyone... While Daniel is giving, has this offer out on the table, please take advantage of it before he wakes up another day and goes, what did I just do? No, that's just a joke. That's the joke because he knows very well what he's doing. Daniel, I want to ask you something about this as time is kind of flying by and I really want to make sure to get this question in. And it is a concern people have and they have, of course, to read your book and I want them to be able to think ahead and be able to anticipate it. And this is about artificial intelligence and machines. And we have more and more of our workforce being disrupted in a way with technology. I don't have to name names. I don't have to say, you know, taxis and Uber. I don't have to say anything. So 
What's your strategy for how, aside, of course, people are going to buy and read, not buy, they're going to get your book. How can they beat the, the AI world and the machine world and remain employed, please? Well, thank you for asking that. It is a pertinent question because AI is on a lot of our minds. And, you know, what you have to ask yourself is, so how do humans beat the machine? Where are machines not that good? Even those super smart, uh, deep learning ones that we have, because I do work with Google and IBM and the Watson team, and I really have uh, great expertise in the area of machine learning and AI. So think of it this way. Every career, and I mean every career, as an art and a science to it. You go to college and to school, technical school, trade school, wherever you went to school, and you learn the science of your career. You learn the art when you get out and start doing it. And uh, for example, uh, a doctor, if uh, it was all just a science, well, hey, they all had the same medical school. In other words, it wouldn't matter who your doctor is. The reason it does matter who your doctor is, is because of the art part of it all. So in college, we typically learn the science. We learn the arts of our career later. Here's what's happening. We've got a flip taking place. The AI is going to get pretty good at the science. We need to get much better at problem solving, analysis, synthesis, uh, being able to uh, interpersonal relationships, how to communicate, how to collaborate. All of those things that humans do way better than any machine will ever be able to do. And I think that that creates a great opportunity for us. So it's, the, it's something called the cognitive domain. You've probably heard of cognitive computing and Watson. Well, there's a cognitive domain and the lowest levels is just memorizing and uh, spurting out uh, information that uh, you've taken the time to, to uh, memorize. The higher levels is analysis, synthesis, problem solving. Those things are very hard for AI to do. So I would suggest that we start looking right now, not only in school, but you yourself, and I'm talking now to all of the listeners, to work on the art part of your career, the problem solving, the interpersonal relationships, those skills that computers are not good at and aren't going to be good at going forward so that we can indeed uh, beat the machine. And let me give you a solid example so that you know exactly what I mean. Oncologists, they're the people that help you if you unfortunately have cancer. They're the doctors that do that. Watson, IBM's supercomputer, actually knows today, has learned and knows more about oncology than any single oncologist. So here's the question I would pose. If you unfortunately had a diagnosis of cancer, I'm going to give you three choices. One, a doctor that does not have access to Watson's supercomputer and all that information and knowledge about, about uh, oncology. Or you can just have the supercomputer and no human, and they will help and that computer will help treat you. Or third choice, you get a doctor that is an expert at using Watson. I already know what your choice is. You see, it's AI and the human, where the human is doing what they do best and AI does what they do best. Does that help you? That is absolutely amazing as a response. Yes. So there is a market there if people just look for it and see it. This also involves learning new things. And uh, we've, you know, we've always talked about continuous learning and lifelong learning. But, you know, I think a lot of us are coasting through our careers. We're not lifting the bar on ourselves. And remember, there's a, regardless of your age, hey, there's an old saying, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. The good news, hey, you know what? We're not dogs. We can, <laughs> Are we you? can learn new things. And we can continuously, <laughs> I know 95-year-old and 100-year, I actually know 100-year-old people that they go to seminars and take notes. Why? Because they're trying to get better. Who says you can't learn new things and get better regardless of your age? Come on, people. Let's wake up. Let's let's even raise the bar on ourselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That that's that's funny, hilarious, but it is completely true. We're not dogs and we can keep learning nonstop. And I think people start to die when they stop learning. That's my personal point of view. Well, I just think you've covered so much, Daniel. I really enjoy hearing your um 
view on so many things. And I think you're exactly right. It really comes down to our view of ourselves and what we want to create in that change and, and looking to how we can better serve ourselves and better fit the needs of the companies that we work for. And that to really, um, become that asset for ourselves and for them and to see and to reach and to stretch and you know my dog who lived 15 years was always still learning tricks so i think dogs can still learn even no matter what their age is about, right? <laughs> i and love it so very good <laughs> i think you're exactly right daniel learning never ceases and we need to continue to stretch that bar so i applaud you for all that you're doing and all that's in this book it's not only for the corporate world i think it also has so many inroads into personal uh, growth and development. So thank you for this amazing book and I look forward to reading it myself. You got it. Thank you so much. Daniel, just one really quick question, perhaps maybe just a short answer. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, you talk about conducting a time travel audit of yourself and I'd love to know just a little bit about that. Yes, well, the time travel audit, again, is another one of the 25 concepts in there that can really help you and that is, Some people have a past perspective, some people have a present perspective, and some people have a future perspective. If you are past-oriented, you think that the good old days are behind us and the future looks pretty bleak. You're not very excited about the way things are going right now. And you may still have a flip phone, for that matter, and the whole idea of driverless cars looks all terrible to you, and that's kind of your view. And if you are a future-oriented person, That means that, uh, hey, you may already own a Tesla. You buy new stuff even if your company didn't buy it for you because you're out there. You like that, and you think the future looks better than ever. And then there's the present-oriented person. And the present-oriented person is uh, uses the stuff that was given to them, but uh, and they and they get good at it. They don't like getting new things, but they go ahead and learn it anyway. And uh, and they think that the present is really pretty good. They're not sure about the future. Now here's the thing. If you're a future-oriented person and you're talking to a past-oriented person, the past-oriented person's eyes will glass over and they're going to hunker down into their way of thinking even more so because you're seen as way too far out there. And by the way, if you are a past-oriented person talking to a future-oriented person, they're going to think, well, you're so old-fashioned, why am I bother talking to you? But if you do a time travel audit so that you can see where the person you're communicating with, where they are in time, you can jump into their time zone with them and walk them into the future with permission. Because when you have someone's permission, they can move forward. If you don't have their permission, they hunker down and burrow in even further. And one last concept uh, around this time travel audit, and that is, The same is not just true with humans. I know businesses where you go into the business and you feel like you're time traveling backwards. I know know I've gone into some businesses and I feel like, wow, I'm going forwards. Um, And you can see the same with a team. You can see the same with mergers and acquisitions. Sometimes a company with a lot of money and a lot of history, past-oriented company, acquires a future-like company that has all this new, wonderful stuff and they dumb them down because they didn't do a time travel audit. So really, it not only fits humans, but it works with teams and organizations. You know, there's so many great principles in this book. That's just one of the many reasons why I I just had to give it to you. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you. It's just a great interview. Time's flying, and I would love to get, if you have any particular contact information, if any of our audience would like to get a hold of you, please. Absolutely. Well, you can go to Burrus.com, B-U-R-R-U-S.com, and find all sorts of resources there. Uh, you could connect with me on uh, social media, Daniel Burris. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, on LinkedIn, I think I mentioned to you, I've just passed the million follower mark. So I've got a lot of people following me because I try to help them and share things with them that can uh, help them grow personally and organizationally. So you can do that. And of course, don't forget, go to theaobook.com and uh, get your free copy. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will put some of that in the show notes here and comments as well. Thank you so much. 
This is an incredible interview with the leading technology forecaster, Daniel Burris. Daniel, thank you so much for sharing all of this. It's just wonderful. It's just exploded my mind. I can't wait to get a copy of your book, The Anticipatory Organization, as well. Thank you so much for offering this gift to the audience. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Well, great. Just love it. And Cindy, Cynthia Mazzaferro, I want to thank you again. Thank you so much for being such a great co-host. And I look forward to your shining personality and wisdom once again on another episode of The Spotlight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tony. And thank you, Daniel, for a fabulous interview. Great. You got it. Great, great, great. And to our Spotlight audience, thanks again, everyone. It's our honor to have you listen. All right. Keep your focus on success, and we'll see you next on The Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and his special VIP co-host. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weekend.